welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Eric. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about choosing a class, part three of our ongoing character creation series. So Chris, what is yep. a class? Class is your character's job. It's their vocation. It's what they do in the game. And this is really important because your character's class and your character's identity are largely intertwined. Mm -hmm. And choosing a class is arguably the most important decision you're going to make for your character in the character creation process. Yeah, it, I mean, we talked about it a little before. It's oftentimes, if not the very first thing I choose, the second thing. You know, yes. you might make your have your character in mind, and then what class are they? Yeah, and you might even have a, a class or a class concept in mind, like from the get go. Like, oh, I want to play a sneaky yeah. rogue type. But yeah. the important thing when choosing a class is it is going to deter, uh, to determine what your skills and abilities are. It's mm -hmm. going to solidify your role in the group, and it's going to determine maybe any sub roles that you would take on. Uh, things like cartographer or treasurer, and mm -hmm. I think this is something that we can dive into as its own topic yeah. later. Those sub roles, but think you know, thinking about all of these things, it all rolls up into your class, and then it also can really influence how you're going to be role playing this character. You know, thing you, the starkest contrast I can think of right now is you know a barbarian, you know, ah, oh, Hulk mm -hmm. smash versus a bard who's going to be quick-witted and role-playing and um, yeah. very engaging. D you know, your your preference is going to also dictate what you choose. I remember especially us starting out, there were mm -hmm. so I felt overwhelmed. There were so many so many choices and really then just struggling with the paralysis of choice because there's so many classes yeah. and all of them are awesome and unique in their own yeah. way. And then, you know, at this point, there's 13 classes and I think almost three dozen subclasses in the official books. And then if you open up to Homebrew and, uh, you know, Unearthed Arcana, it's, mm -hmm. it's nearly limitless. Making the wrong choice can definitely ruin your experience. So I, th I think it is important to talk about um, some different ways to, to kind of get there. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, in the, in the beginning, it's overwhelming. You read through, and usually I would have kind of an idea of what I generally play, what I like to play, what I, I would at least know what I don't want to play. So that would kind of weed those out a little bit. But then going through, looking through all the subclasses, and getting excited about different ones, it, it, it is a it's a process. And a lot of times, I would want to come in with a with a specific class, and then talk to my table mates in our zero session. And turns out, you know, either they wanted to play that class or my class doesn't fit in the total makeup of the group or something. And then I have to kind of reassess. Yeah. And it's, it is because it is such a big decision for not just you, but the entire you know, table and game that you're playing. We mentioned earlier, you're making the wrong choice can really negatively impact your, your experience. And that can be, you know, like if you make a useless or ineffective character, you're yeah. going to be floundering throughout the game. Um, yeah. If you don't talk and communicate with your teammates beforehand, you mm -hmm. could be outclassed by your teammates, or you could bring some extra redundancies to the table that you know big, makes both of you kind of uh, useless in a sense. You're, you could you could be a poor match with your team. We talked about this in our episode zero, mm -hmm. where you know if even if you know just by your alignment, you know from the <clears> class and, and character you've chosen, uh, could alienate yourself from the group. 
you know, some, some classes have limited economy of resources. And what that means is, you know, your, your, your options are limited and maybe even your, your resources to use those, use those mm-hmm. options could be limited, which can you know, limit your, your enjoyment of the character. And then sometimes it just, just doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, you swiped, yeah. you swiped right and you should have swiped left. Yeah. And, and it, at its essence, Dungeons and Dragons, at least, is a, an action economy game. It's a little weird to think of it like that. And it took me a while to kind of understand that and, and figure that out. That doesn't necessarily, if you have a character whose action economy isn't great, it doesn't necessarily make it not fun. Um, but if that's your thing, finding which class has the best action economy. And, you know, like you you mentioned just a second ago, kind of meshing that with your team you don't if you're stepping on each other's actions and stuff you you're you're severely hindering your 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 team as a whole not just yourself and yeah at that point too you're reducing their economy of actions yes Um, you know so again it's it's also it's creating characters a very personal experience but i think it's also a lot of fun when you take the uh the the greater party as a whole into account and and we're gonna let's let's talk about that um because Mm -hmm. you know we've we've been playing for a while and, and veteran players you know as you you know experience and try out different characters, you also play with other people who are playing classes in different ways than maybe mm-hmm. you would have. But then you start to understand how the classes work, and it's it's just a lot easier to to come to the class that you that you want. While you know this is I think maybe geared a little bit more towards beginners on how to not be so overwhelmed with picking yeah. a class. I do hope that uh, more experienced players can at least take away some different perspectives on, you know, how to think of their characters or their classes in more of a maybe a role-playing way instead of, um, yeah. you know, just the archetypical or metagaming type type perspectives. We'll ca- talk about some of the class-picking methods and mindsets. And uh, and then one of the methods that we prefer to use for, for our games. How does that sound? That sounds good. Choosing your class, I think, is so, so important. Uh, In the player's handbook, it is the third step, and it will be our third video in creating a character because we're following the the player's guide. The second step is race. I usually skip race until after. I choose my class first because a lot of times I I metagame a little bit. I want the race to support what class I am. I typically will start with a character and then the class and then the race. I just think it's that important. Yeah, and, and again, like as you become a, a more skilled player, you can kind of make some of these these decisions almost simultaneously. And also some other things, you know, to hopefully help any player, especially new players, mm-hmm. I think we'll break down each one of the classes yeah. and sort of drop them into these categories. So then it's a little bit easier just at a glance to kind of see what the different, you know, traits and characteristics are because some classes are more advanced to play yes. than others. And, yep. you know, coming in as a new player, if you're not aware of that, and the Artificer sounds really cool, but it's yeah. so new and has these complicated mechanics that also haven't been really fleshed out and ironed out yet, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not, you get in there and you're just like, oh, this character sucks, I hate it. It's not a bad yeah. class by any means, but sometimes it's good to get, like, get your teeth wet uh, or cut your teeth a little bit on, you know, being <laughs> a fighter, get your teeth wet. That's get a wet. phrase. You know, sink them into some some meat as a as a fighter, you know, or sling some spells as a as a mage. Yeah. So let's talk then about if we're breaking the different classes into buckets. What what buckets would you generally say that the classes fit into? 
D&D was, I think, one of the first games to be credited with you know, bringing a class system into the foray of this character development process. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was one of the first sort of tabletop role-playing games. Mm-hmm. But having the classes gives you these archetypical roles that you can adopt. Of course, there's the melee type fighter, and not just fighters, any kind of melee close combatant. You're yeah. using martial prowess. That could be the you know chainmail laden warrior, or it could mm-hmm. be the unarmored monk, you know, who relies on their dexterity. Of course, you have yeah. magic users, and those magic users can fall into a couple of subcategories. Control, you have outright just blow them all away with fireballs. Um, yeah. and then you have your know, different utility and support spells, and like like those are your healing spells and charm and things like that. And then lastly, of course, you have the beloved rogue, our little rapscallion wag who yeah. sneaks and steals and pickpockets and backstabs. So you have those kind of three main you know, cla- uh, types of classes, the mm-hmm. roles that they fill. And then you know, the, the subclasses are really just blending things together into different and unique and fun ways. And that's what's awesome about it is you know, there's really there's a, there's a class and a subclass to suit any preference and finding your preferences i think is you know one of my my first ways that i mm-hmm. would recommend a new player if i had to give yes. you know the elves seldom give unguarded advice but <laughs> i would suggest like what are your preferences like if i'm interviewing new players session zero and they're like i don't even know what yeah. i want to play it's awesome you know in, in the games that you like to play like video games like what kind of characters do you like you do you like to sneak yeah. around? Are you metal? Are you solid snake? You know, or do you? Are you god of war? Are you Ares? And you got to go around and you know slice and dice and hack and slash your way through, through all these foes. You know, we could even do an exercise with you if you wanted to right now. Like I know you have a huge affinity for Batman. Um, yes, going yeah. way back. Oh yeah, and 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 characters just like being your friend and knowing you for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. characters like the question. So I see all these characters that I know you like, and we've, we've talked about, you know, in our conversations past mm-hmm. and, you know, I see, you know, elite sneaky, stealthy characters, um, you know, that blend into the shadows and their surroundings. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you were a new player at my table and kind of like knowing that, like, oh, okay, well, how about, you know, there's a, a ton of different rogue variants, mm-hmm. shadow monk could be really fun for you. Uh, ranger, yep. You know, taking elements and themes that pop up from, you know, understanding some of these, you know, preferences and then being able to, you know, identify those and translate them to what, you know, classes are available. Yeah. And that is interesting because you know the classes so intimately. You can, you know, in your zero session as a GM have, you can interview your players Mm -hmm. and kind of pull out those, those interests, those, um, things that they they enjoy i always when talking to people about it ask them like especially i mean people who are usually interested in this have video games is 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 such an easy translator they've played skyrim before (laughs) so if you're gonna fire up skyrim what is the first class you're gonna make Mm -hmm. you know what are you gonna be a sneaky archer are you gonna be a two-hander are you gonna join the mages college and that's that's usually a nice indication of kind of what they're into uh very similar to what what you asked and it hopefully at least a lot of people coming to this game are going to have that experience with fantasy before if 
if you don't have experience with any fantasy, it's going to be a little tougher to choose a class because the, yeah. a lot of them are dependent on you understanding, um, you know, what a wizard is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, having those um, things that you already enjoy and already are interested in beforehand um, does translate and makes a, a very clear path into choosing what class you want to play, at least, you know, for maybe your first class. You know, how, however you get there, what I would recommend mm-hmm. is just really think about what you're going to enjoy most and, or, or maybe what you what you think you'll enjoy most yeah. uh, in terms of your character and then be really good at that thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is for, for D&D and a lot of these, these uh, collaborative role-playing games, the, the party really does function best when you have specialists instead of generalists and and that there's there's a lot of reasons for that Mm -hmm. one you're going to have a a very you know you're gonna have a solution to every problem that comes your way but also it gives a chance for everyone in the party to shine in some way Um, yes you really like you don't want to be the guy that just does all the things for everybody you're not going to be the favorite person in the group i can promise you that yeah and, and there's yeah. a lot of ways to do that, diversifying your roles. <laughs> yeah. You know, even if you have two druids in the party, you know, one could be a healing druid and one could be a wild-shaped mm-hmm. druid to tank. And you have, you know, two classes of the same type, but completely different roles. Another example is, um, you know, I, I generally like to play support classes. Mm-hmm. So I typically play, you know, bards, clerics, arcane trickster, you know, things like that. But there's a lot of different classes that can support, so I can kind of diversify my role that way. And an interesting thing with subclasses is, like you said, you could easily have two druids. You could have an entire party of clerics. Yeah. Clerics, cleric subclasses, you could have focused on heals, one kind of focused on tanking and melee, one that's more of a caster. You could easily have all clerics in your party. Uh, the the subclasses really do diversify these these major thirteen major classes. Yeah, almost infinitely. You mix and match your party. Yeah, I mean, it, you can be a magic wielding barbarian, even though barbarians aren't supposed to you know wield magic. Yeah. you know, there's there's yeah. there's still that variant, um, which is which I think is really cool. Speaking of of barbarians, which kind of gives us like a very what um, iconoclast uh, sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, typical role what about playing against type playing or playing with or against type can you talk about, yeah talk a little bit about that sure and specifically with barbarians maybe we'll start with that as my example barbarian is a class that i've never really been interested in uh, i'm not looking for the you know the biggest damage or anything like that i want a character that i can role play and i've never been into what we would call like playing with type like the the eight intel kind of dumb brutish barbarian that's never been a character that i've been interested in being Mm -hmm. in a group or or role-playing um and so playing against type would be the opposite or just something that you're not expecting um so it's smarter barbarian with with a barbarian for example Mm -hmm. the the mechanic of rage is is one of their core things so what if your barbarian is quiet and reserved Mm -hmm. until they you know conjure forth this blood-curdling rage 
and they yeah. go off in you know in a flurry and whirlwind and uh, and and eviscerate their foes. And yeah, that would be what I would consider like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, or the Hulk, which mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're they're the same character. And that's kind of fun. You can so in your role playing, you can you know role play as like you said, timid or even smart or or whatever. Your your character can be whatever, and then you you fly into a rage through whatever reason, yeah. you know, the the blood of your ancestors or or however you obtain this power. Right. Just that I that would I be playing against type. What I would want to encourage people with this is don't feel like just because of the class that you choose, mm-hmm. you are forced to play this character in a certain way. Exactly. So if yeah. you want to play a, a well spoken barbarian, go for it. Break yeah. the mold. Do it. Uh, I would exactly. Be, I would. I would welcome that barbarian at my table more so than the. Well, I kill smash. Like okay, that's yeah. yeah that done. That's 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 old. Hat. And I feel like a lot of us and a lot of players in general, when you very first start, it's so easy to play those those traditional roles. Yes. You know, you've got the the dumb barbarian who just wants to smash. You have the evil tiefling warlock who is just trying to undermine and do his own thing. Mm-hmm. You have like the goodly paladin. And then maybe your next character, you add a little more gray area. And the next one, you add a little flavor. And it, it, the more and more you play, the more characters you make, you're going to get better at breaking those molds and getting away from the stereotypical whatever that class does. I think that that's so much more fun because it's just unexpected. There, There is absolutely nothing wrong with playing to type and because again yeah. like you said it's easy to get there and if you're mm-hmm. new to role playing it just it does it makes it it's a good shortcut it's a good heuristic to use to yes. make that transition into role playing so much easier but as you said as you get more advanced you can start adding layers like onions ogres like ogres and onions mm-hmm. so for and i know we both me more than you you've always come up with interesting characters um, that that I thought were a, a little against type or out of the mold, outside of the box. Once once you do get that out of your system and play the dumb barbarian and the heroic paladin and, and whatever, like we said, you start to you start to have more tools in your toolbox. The way mm-hmm. that I like to build my characters now, I typically have a character in mind that I want to role play mm-hmm. first, mm. yeah. and then depending on really a lot of things then i figure out what what class would this character be so like i said i do that before race because a lot Mm. of times race doesn't it could be any race so i think of a lot of times the way that i'll do it i'll mix maybe a few different uh fictional characters like han solo mixed with indigo montoya with jack sparrow and you and you find a character and then you 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 get them in your mind one of my uh characters that is one of my favorite characters i've ever made was a pirate and typically you would think he would be a swashbuckler rogue but i made him a fighter i really enjoy the fighter class i remember um, pushing you to to choose the swashbuckler class as well because that would be with type for mm-hmm. that class okay he's a he's a pirate like swashbuckler is a pirate it's like a that makes class. sense um but i wanted him to be more of a martial person uh with with you know the the skill with the sword and different things and not really a, a sneaky i don't know it the this it didn't feel right and it, it was kind of fun 
I, I really do like just plopping characters into a, a different class and seeing kind of how they figure it out. Yeah. Um, a different class than the one that they you would normally think they would fit in. Well, and I believe that character's uh, sort of backstory or, or history kind of informed mm -hmm. why he was a, a fighter, not a swashbuckler rogue. Yes. And I had that written before. I actually, to, to be totally honest, didn't realize the swashbuckler rogue subclass was there. <laughs> I think uh, I just overlooked it. So I, I wrote his backstory, you know, had this character in mind, figured like, okay, he's a battle master fighter because that's who this person would be. Um, and then you came suggesting the swashbuckler and I, I wavered. I thought about it. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at the classes, like, nope, these aren't things that he would do. The, the fighter things are the things that this character would do. Mm -hmm. So... A little bit of playing against type, um, you know, he wasn't a heroic fighter on the you know side of good and justice. He had his own motives and his own um, path to get to to his to to like meet his ends. But I thought it fit really well with the character, yeah. and that that now is the way that I try to figure out what class I want to play. Well, so so two points that I want to make based off of that. One, just like anecdotally as, as a, a fellow player in GM, but I noticed once you started doing that, the, the quality of your characters and sort of your, I noticed like your enthusiasm to play them really, yeah. really uh, increased dramatically. And I can, I can draw a very specific contrast between the character I made when we played Strahd was a shadow monk because I liked Batman uh, and the Shadow Monk class has a lot of really cool mechanics that I thought would be fun to play. Mm -hmm. And I had zero character. I didn't know who this character was. He was just a class. Yeah. So most of that game, I was like lusting after other classes. Like, ooh, I want to play this. Ooh, yeah. what, next I'm going to play a that. You know, whatever it is. So the mm -hmm. whole time I spent thinking about all the other cool mechanics I wanted to use. The whole time I, I was just thinking, like you said in the beginning, every class is fun. Every class has a lot of cool mechanics. I think if you if you build your character based off of mechanics, you're, yeah. you're going to, I will at least, always be thinking about other cool mechanics because you're never going to get all of them. Yeah. So that character had no character. Yeah. And then the pirate character, I didn't care about any other class i just wanted to see where he went what he did yeah how he got into scrapes how he got out of scrapes and really the class didn't matter because you were playing the person exactly you just happened to have these you know abilities and the other point that i wanted to make uh was uh this is a classic instance of what's the obvious choice might not be the mm -hmm. right choice for you yeah um yeah you did talk about mechanics and i think you know mm -hmm. falling into that trap at least in that Shadow Monk example, he was kind of a one-trick pony with with um, yeah. the mechanics he could rely on. Yes, and and over time, you know, for one-shot adventure, that could be a lot of fun. But yeah. over a long game or a long campaign, that can get you know, that could get <laughs> boring or not. That's that's yes. up to you. You know, with this the Captain Dex, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the obvious choice wasn't the right choice for the character you wanted to play. And I think that's really important. Um, we were talking about creating a couple of characters for some side stories, a monk and a knight. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to create the knight character and I got excited about it. 
and of course, you know, like Battlemaster Champion is clearly the superior choice. But the vision that I had for this, you know, more chivalrous, charismatic knight, Purple Dragon Knight, or the Banneret has to be the yeah. class. Yeah. It's not a great fighter class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just it's being honest. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because I want to play this character. Like I'm not really concerned. Fighter's a good class regardless. But there's other mechanics that I can, you know, bring into the character and other ways that I can play this character. I'm not playing necessarily the class, even though mm-hmm. the class is a part of that that character's identity. It's up to you to decide how that manifests. Yeah. So we we I mean we spent the first portion of this video talking about how class is maybe the most important um, part of your character. Obviously, the character is the most important. We feel yeah. at least. Yeah. Class is a close second to that. Um, but many of the characters that I that I like envision and really get close to and refine, I could fit him in almost any class. Like that pirate could have been a druid, yeah. you know, like I would have had to figure out a backstory or different things. Like it would have tweaked <laughs> a few things, but it wouldn't have changed his personality. And that's the thing. Like when you remove class from the equation, uh, mm-hmm. who is this person? What is yeah. their background? What abilities and skills do they have? Where do they get them? You know, do they have a prior history with the other party members? And how has this influenced like them, their development, and their teamwork? Think about all this stuff. It's really, it's really good, rich stuff to go over, and it's fun to geek out on. Um, yeah, as you're trying to come up with some cool, new, exciting characters to create. Yeah, and I, I think that the, you know, we, we are building this series off of the player's handbook, and I think that it sort of does a disservice in this specific instance mm-hmm. uh, because. I don't think it emphasizes enough that point. Like, make your character's personality first. Figure out who this person is. And then all of the rest of this stuff is going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. We have talked a lot today about choosing class. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how to, you know, pick a class, how to, a few different ways to get there, different ways to build character to inform your class. So I think next, on the next episode, we should break each class down into categories and give just a a good analysis of each one so people can kind of quickly see the differences and similarities between them. So that's all for today, folks. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and click that notification bell. It updates you on new episodes and goes a long way in supporting the show. Subscribe to the newsletter and get new content and exclusive bonuses delivered straight to your inbox. Never spam! And stay tuned for the next part of our ongoing character creation series, where we break down each of the characters and categorize them. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next time.